Hey guys, welcome to the Kingdom Mamas podcast, where we encourage and empower moms just like you to raise those babies in the way they should go. Hi, I'm Trudy Lineski, God girl, wife, mama four, writer, vlogger, and speaker. I'm super passionate about the next generation. Together, we can lead, guide, and direct them to stand confidently in who God has called them to be. Grab your coffee, get comfy, let's get started. Happy Monday, Kingdom Mamas. I am so excited to introduce you guys to my girl, Allie Weeks Murray. Allie is here with us today, and she is going to be giving us all the golden nuggets with regards to parenting with intention. And welcome, Allie. I feel like I am in celebrity presence here. Uh, Girl is like blowing up TikTok in the name of Jesus, y'all. She has 4.9 million likes. followers. Uh, Yeah, I totally stalked you. Do you feel my creepers? I love it. I love it. You should totally go and check her recent TikTok. It was it was so cool. She's like, um, I did nothing to gain all these likes and follows. She just was herself. And you know, that obviously is enough. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Allie. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know you have a ton of wisdom to share with us today, but first tell us a little bit about you. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm Allie Murray. I will have been married 10 years next month. Um, my husband is Patrick and he's super hot and super awesome. And we've got, we've got four kids. Um, my oldest is eight. My youngest will be two next month. And so we are having blessed with them. Um, yeah, this whole social media presence is kind of new for me. It's only been like a year and a half of this, like quote unquote influencer life. Um, so that's been really interesting, but I also got a job. I work for little tykes now making content for their TikTok. So that's been really cool just to see God like kind of blow up my TikTok. And then through that, I got that opportunity. And so, yeah, that's been really cool. I own a sewing um, business and yeah, that's me. I mean, obviously, you know, TikTok can be a dark, scary place, but you know, what the enemy meant for harm, God is turning to good. Oh my goodness. Little tykes. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been re- it's been a really awesome opportunity for sure. Yeah. So your girl Allie went through some hurricanes in Louisiana. If you guys remember a couple of years ago, there were hurricanes in Louisiana. Um, she lost absolutely everything. And God called on her to just get up and go. Can you tell us about that situation? Yes, definitely. That was um, one of the wildest seasons of our life for sure. I was 36 weeks pregnant when the hurricane hit and, um, I have home births. And so we had just redone, we, (laughs) we had lived in our trailer for eight years and we had never really like done much to it. Cause we were always believing to like, get out of there. We didn't really love it. We loved living by family. Like my grandma was my neighbor and all that, but the trailer itself, we just needed to be out. Um, so we finally decided to just make this place feel more homey, we drained our savings. We ripped out the bar, redid the floors, painted all the things. Um, and that was at the beginning of August when we started all that hurricane hits on August 27th. I'm 36 weeks pregnant. And, um, yeah, we left to evacuate. We didn't think it was going to be a big deal at all. Um, you know, hurricanes come and, you know, sometimes they're just really not a big deal. So we thought it was gonna be fine. 
and yeah, when we left that day, we had no idea we would never call that place home again. And so that was very um, devastating. You know, even though we wanted to be out of that trailer, eventually it's a whole different situation when you're like just forced out um, immediately, very pregnant right before home birth after doing all that work. So we went and stayed. My brother had actually just moved to Baton Rouge a month before the hurricane. And um, he happens to be married to my absolute best friend in the whole world. So we went and stayed with them in Baton Rouge. They actually let me have a home birth in their living room. And my midwife drove two hours to be there for the home birth. It was like absolutely so incredible of them. Um, And yeah, while we were there, we were in the, you know, we realized, okay, we don't get to go back home. So now we're in this place of like, okay, you know, obviously our first, our immediate reaction is to look for places back home, but at everywhere was everywhere we would click was like not you know it's not available anymore and so um we started looking for places that were just a little bit closer to home like maybe an hour an hour and a half from home and then we really we felt you know like okay are we supposed to maybe move moving had not been on the radar I mean like this was not something we really had like discussed or was it was nowhere in the discussion before the hurricane at all um it was one of those things that we kind of would like joke about, oh, like maybe one day we'll move and then never talk about it again. And we're like, okay, no, we're not going anywhere. Um, well, then we just started being really prayerful about it because we're like, I don't know what we're supposed to do right now, actually. Like, this is kind of just crazy. Um, because with the trailer, it was too, it, it wasn't really fixable. Like the trailer was already so old. So it's not like, you know, a lot of people just were able to do, go through insurance, fix their homes and all that. Ours was, that wasn't really gonna work for our situation. So we're just being really prayerful about it. And um, one day we're sitting on the floor of my brother's living room. And at the beginning of every year, I'll, I'll pray for God to give me a word for that year, you know, like a lot of us do. And I had made a post at the beginning of 2020, which it's already funny because 2020 was already enough on its own without a hurricane and all of that. And so for some reason, I just decided to go back and find that because I'm sitting there like COVID, hurricane babies come in like, whoa. So I'm like, what did God tell me about this year? Let me go back and look. So I scroll back sitting right there in that living room. And it says, um, this will be the year of shifting a year where boundaries are taken down. And just like all this stuff that I thought had to do with my sewing business. Like, even as I typed that out, I remember being like, yeah, my sewing business is taking off, but I'm sitting there in the middle of this like devastation and reading those words. And me and Patrick are both just like, whoa so in that moment he goes okay god like you tell us where you want us to be and we're gonna go like just prayed in that moment like show us where you want us god and so um, i'm like okay what do you feel like he said and he's like no what do you feel like he said (laughs) and i said i'm gonna count to three and we're both gonna say what we felt like he said so i count to three and we both say colorado of all the places we both say colorado (laughs) and so we were just like oh my gosh we're, I guess we're moving to Colorado. And so from that point on, we gave God our yes. When I tell you, he showed up in the most faithful of ways, like a landlord. So, you know, we're crazy enough to be like, okay, God, we said, we gave you our yes. So we're going to start looking at like rentals in Colorado. And so we start looking for rentals. We're even paying the, which I didn't even know. Cause we always rent it for my grandma. Apparently when you rent houses, you have to pay rental application fees. That is so ridiculous. So we're like paying all these rental application fees and not getting chosen and all that. Well, a landlord reached us out to us with a house that's so much nicer than any of the ones that like 
would work for us because you know you had to, we're like trying to make it make sense like okay we could afford this or she reaches out to us with a house that is so much nicer the white walls the gray and white marble things that are just like whoa hold up with a big huge backyard for our kids like on a cul-de-sac we were just like what the heck almost like is this a scam <laughs> so she does like this zoom walk through to show us the house and like lets us rent that house and we were just like oh my gosh god like that was that was amazing then we don't have the money to even really pay to move and a stranger sent us four thousand dollar check in the mail a friend of mine had gone behind our backs and like like shared our story you know about the hurricane and our baby coming and raised eleven hundred dollars with her and her friends and then she tells us somebody else asked me for the address of where to send you something i don't know what he's going to send you this man that we have never met and probably never will meet, I would love if we do get to meet him one day, but I don't know. I don't even know who he is. Sends us $4,000. That is the only reason we had money to have a U-Haul, all the moving expenses, the deposit, all that. Like, I mean, as soon as we gave God our yes, he literally just was so faithful and just like laid it out step for step. Um, and then Eden was born. Um beautiful home birth my favorite birth I've ever had which took a lot of ment mental preparation before that because it was like I'm gonna be at my brother's house it's not like I can kick my nephews out to have this birth so like I'm like you know this is just gonna happen like this is gonna be great when I tell you it was the most beautiful incredible experience my nephews were there all my kids were there like it was my favorite birth I have ever had out of all four um and then I hemorrhage and <laughs> postpartum hemorrhage. <laughs> and thankfully my midwife saved my life. It was fine because midwives are incredible and they are more than equipped to handle things. So yeah, that was just like a, Oh my gosh, like all the things. And then two days later, when Eden is two days old, we find out she has a cleft palate because she wasn't eating. She wasn't latching. Like we were like, Oh, she had a tongue tie. So we just thought, you know, I've had other babies with tongue ties. We thought that was it. Find out she has a cleft palate. And immediately I Google cleft palates. I see that that means she needs surgery. And I'm like, we can't move. We cannot move with a baby that needs surgery. Um, and I'm just sitting in the bathtub sobbing, like, oh my gosh, what everything feels like confusing now. I don't know what's going on anymore. God, what is happening? Um, and then Patrick, you know, me and Patrick were talking about, and he's like, if God called us to Colorado, like he's not surprised by her cleft palate, like he already knew. So we're just like you know what? We're still going to move to Colorado. We actually chose to not tell any of our family about the cleft palate because they were already so, you know, everybody's had just been slammed by a hurricane. Finding out that we are moving away, we're like a really close knit family. Uh, me, my siblings, my grandma, my parents were very, very, um, just a really tight family. And so that was already really hard on them for us to be moving away in that big of a moment. Anyway, so we waited to tell them. But we go to the cleft team in Baton Rouge and we're telling the surgeon we're moving to Colorado. And she's like, oh, my mentor lives in Colorado. Let me see what city she's in. And she leaves the room and she comes back and she's like, she's in Colorado Springs. She gives us a direct referral. This is the lady who taught her everything she knows. And so, I mean, when I tell you he worked it all out, it was just the craziest. The whole story was just like, God, wow. Like we're blown away at you. <laughs> You know, I just, yeah, it, I am in awe and I shouldn't <laughs> be because it's God, right? Like he, 
(laughs) he is going to bless us when we are obedient to the call. And oh my goodness, only God could align those things for you. Absolutely. Oh, it was the craziest stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I think I've, I've talked with my audience before about the hurricanes in Louisiana, because I went the following February Mm -hmm. and we were flying in to Houston and you can literally see the blue tarps covering the roofs of the homes in Louisiana. It was just devastating. And, uh, and we didn't, I don't think we knew, you know, the rest of the nation had no idea. And it was one right after another, like you had two and then an ice storm, like it was just boom, boom, boom. Um, but wow. The week we were supposed to move to Colorado, we went back home to say goodbye. And that's when the next hurricane hit and we didn't get to say any of our goodbyes. We left, we had to load the truck in 12 hours and head out. I mean, it was crazy. It was the craziest, but I mean, he was so faithful through the whole entire thing. It was mind blowing. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. To provide a place for you to give birth. Oh yes. To still be able to have a home birth. Like praise God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That's amazing. That just sounds so peaceful and beautiful for your nephews and your, and your children to be able to Mm -hmm. witness that. How awesome. Yeah. It was incredible. (laughs) So cool. So cool. And for him to align, you know, whoever donated the 4,000 and, and the doctor and all of that has God's hand on all of it. So, wow. Amazing. Yes. All right, girly. So you touched a little bit about touched a little bit about your sewing business. So you are a mama for you're an entrepreneur y'all. Okay. Her shop is amazing. Can you tell us about it, Allie? Yes. So my shop is called Murray made. Um, it is, so it started because my grandma owns a sewing shop. She has my whole life. I'd never cared to learn how to sew. It was almost like they kind of used sewing as a punishment when we were kids. Like if we complained that we were bored, they would make us sew straight lines and stuff like that. (laughs) So I had no desire to do that. And so then when I had kids, um, I wanted to buy all these cute clothes and they were expensive. And we, I was a stay at home mom. Patrick worked at a Mexican restaurant. Like we didn't make much money. So I was like, well, then I need to learn how to sew. So, um, I kind of started, but I always said, I will never sew for money. (laughs) That was something I repeatedly said because I had gotten it into my head. Um, I'd heard people say like, you can't make it worth them. Like you can't make enough money sewing. So it's not worth it. And so I took that on as truth and I decided I'll never sew for money. I'm just sewing for my kids. And then um, as I learned to sew, as I shared the things I was making, I was doing embroidery. I was doing like joggers and newborn sets was what I was really doing um, at first. Or like first it was little sets with my kids. Anyway, then, um, we just needed extra money. And I was kind of like, okay, maybe I could just sew something here and there and offer it for sale. And I mean, people were begging me to sell at this point. And I was, I was like, no, I'll never sew for money. Well, then I decided like, if, if no one ever can sew and make it worth the money, why aren't they just charging what it's worth? (laughs) So my thought was like, okay, we're not drowning. Like we're going to be okay if I don't make any money. So I'm going to charge what it's worth. And if nobody buys it, that's okay. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. I just decided like, let's try, let's just see. And then, um, God just really took that and ran with it. At first I did this big drop and I got really discouraged because I ordered all these fabrics and they were 
what on the website said was the same fabrics were not the same when they came in and some were too stretchy, some weren't stretchy enough. And it was this whole thing. And I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. But that was when we had switched to our first homebrew. So we had to pay a midwife. And so my husband was like, Hey, why don't you just try one more time, do one more drop and just see how it goes. Well, that's when I realized there was this website I could use that was very consistent. It was custom print. So all the fabrics were going to be exactly the same, but it was so expensive. So I was going to have to make sure to charge enough to cover it. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to try. I do it. And it just took off from there. I mean, it was just like, I got so many orders from that drop that we were just like, whoa, we were able to pay the deposit for the midwife. We were just like completely blown away. And even just sharing with those people to be like, Hey, here's what's going on. I actually am doing this sale because we're, we need a pair of midwife, blah, blah, blah. And just to see people like rally together and be like, Oh, we support you. We want to buy from you. Um, and just being like, wow, God, like you've given us this whole community of people that are like, Hey, we want to be here for you. And we want to support this thing that you're doing, um, was absolutely incredible. And so it just kind of blew up from there. And yeah, that's been, I think it's been like six years now of that business and I absolutely love it. And I just feel like it's so special that, um, God gave me that opportunity of just being a stay at home mom and being able to find something that I love that could, we could monetize instead of feeling like, Oh, we're struggling with money. I got to do something. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's been really, really special to just have that chance to love something and then turn it into a business and still love it. Yeah. I can remember thinking the same thing when I was sewing, like, uh, I don't know. Then it's a job. Will I want to do it? And, and like yeah. you said, it takes a lot of time and effort to cut the fabric, to iron. sew all those things yeah. and kudos to you, girl, for honoring your time and, and your efforts and, and charging what it is worth, you know, cause I think yeah. sometimes we feel guilty in doing that. But right. yeah. That's what I was so thankful for the mindset of like, oh, if nobody buys it, that's okay. Cause I think that's where a lot of people struggle. If nobody buys it, they're like, I gotta lower my prices. I gotta this and that. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. If nobody buys it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and it's gorgeous y'all. You need to go and see her shop. It it's, you can find it on Instagram at shop Murray made, right? Yes. Shop Murray made. It's gorgeous. Toddlers and babies, all these, you, cute little clothes that yes, we even go up to size 10 now. Ooh, nice. So, so nice. So are you the only one who sews or do you have anyone to help you now? My sister-in-law used to cut for me and then she got pregnant. And so I, now I have someone, I hired someone else and they actually do a lot of the cutting and the sewing. And so that's been really helpful yeah. uh, because I was getting to a point where I was completely capped out. Mm -hmm. it was like it didn't feel, um, scalable because right. I couldn't take on anymore. So right. yeah, now I have help and it has been phenomenal. To have that. Nice. That's yes. awesome. So I think a lot of moms can relate to you in that, you know, it's hard to find balance between the, between being the best mom that they can possibly be. And also, you know, being an entrepreneur or doing their full-time job, or how do you balance all of that? Um, my answer to this question is always a huge part of it is Patrick. I mean, having him there in a supportive way saying like, you've got this, how can I help? What? So there were times when he worked a nine to five and I would sew at nap time, even though like some of my kids didn't nap, they would do quiet time. 
my other kids would nap and I would sew at nap time. And then he would get home from work at five. We would hang out. We would eat dinner. He would do bedtime and I would do sewing. And so there's been so many different seasons of our life where we've had different dynamics of what it looks like. Um, There was a season where he started working more from home. And so then we would just schedule our weeks with blocks for him, blocks for me and go make it work that way. But having him so supportive in my ventures and the things that I'm doing has really been such a huge part of it. And just, um, you know, always still always prioritizing my kids and realizing like, Hey, if I got to shut this down at any moment, if my kids are struggling, I will. Um, but it's really just for me was taking the time to look at our week at the beginning of the week and say, okay, how are we going to do this? How are we going to make this work? Where are we going to fit this in? where our family's not struggling, we still have time together and my kids aren't struggling. I'm still able to do school with them or I'm still able to do whatever else I need to do with them. They're not going to get the last pieces of me, but we're still able to fit in the things that I need to get done. And there are times that it was definitely stressful, (laughs) but for the most part, I think being a good steward of our time and our schedules, which is so funny because I'm not a super scheduled person. I am like the most like go with the flow, free, whatever, like, let's go to this right now or that type of person. So it's definitely, um, took some practice at figuring out how to make that work, but yeah, done it. I think that I love number one, I love your relationship with your husband, Patrick. He sounds amazing, (laughs) but it goes back to, you know, being evenly yoked, right? Absolutely. It sounds like you guys have had the same, you know, the same heart and and mind towards God and that like he is the priority and we're going to follow his plan for our life. Like it's not about us. It's not about me. It's about, you know, I think it's so important that, that you guys are on the same page. Yes, absolutely. That's one of the biggest um, things I've been so thankful for just throughout this, you know, when we got married, we were, we were only 17. I was 17. He was 19. So, you know, we were real young. Everyone thought we were crazy, but we just were on the same page. And we, even from the beginning, he told me like, don't expect this to be a normal marriage. Like we're going to do what God calls us to do whenever he tells us. And I was like, okay, I'm on board. And that's what we've done the whole time. And it's been amazing. Girl, I pray that for my children, you know, (laughs) like, I want them to have a spouse that they chases God faster than them, you know, and that, that they have to catch up. <laughs> Absolutely. Same. Yes. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Okay, girl. So you have a heart for parenting mm-hmm. and encouraging Jesus centered parenting above all else and focusing on long term relationships with your children. So can you tell me a little bit about that approach? What does that look like? Yeah. So, um, for us, we realized once we had kids that a lot of the ways we were parenting them, even though I think it's very normal for people to have kids, look at the way their parents did things and say, Hmm, I'm not going to do that. That's normal. And we did that. Um, you know, like my mom never let me date until I was 16. And even when I turned 16, then she was like, wait, I actually still don't think I like you to date. Like just (laughs) that type of thing. And I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I can figure it just, there were certain things that I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yes. I like how she did this. Um, but as we kind of went along this parenting journey, we realized that there were so many things we were doing out of default 
because it's all we knew and it's how we were raised. And it was not really in a conscious manner. It was in a way that was like, okay, that's not something I ever looked back on and said, I want to do that. I want to yell at my kids a lot. I want to spank my kids a lot. Like (laughs) not things that we ever like consciously were like, yes or no. And so as we kind of like went along this journey, um, we just kind of started realizing like, this isn't quite the parents we want to be like, this isn't really the mom that I, when I picture motherhood, this isn't really what I wanted that to look like. And it just is because of that's all I ever knew. It's how I was raised. And so I couldn't even fathom how to be a mom without yelling. Patrick would always say, why are you yelling? And I would just be so confused. Like what else would I possibly be doing right now? Like, (laughs) what do you mean? Why am I yelling? Of course I'm yelling. And so, um, we just kind of started this whole shift of realizing like, okay, this isn't, this isn't what, how we want to be treating our kids. Um, and we realized that the way we were parenting was so short-term minded. It was very, um, almost like a recital to the people around. Like we were, we were in a performance and we wanted them to make sure we were doing a good job. So I knew what my grandparents expected from me and my parenting. And so when we were around them, I made sure we parented that way. So they were giving me a mental pat on the back and just things like that, where I was like, why am I, I can remember one time specifically, we had a family member over and my daughter was spinning a toy and accidentally hit her and she got hurt. And that's, it was an accident and accidents are allowed to happen, but she was so just like angry that she got hurt. And the way I handled it 100% was to cater to her and make sure she thinks I handled it correctly. I sent Emerson to her room in a corner by herself, left her in there. I was being mean to her. I'm talking to her harshly, yelling at her, trying to force her to apologize, all these things. And I remember when that family member left that day, I was like, I'll never do that again. Why did I just feel like I needed to perform a certain way when that is not how I needed to handle that situation? And I feel like that was really the beginning of the shift for us when I started realizing how often it was like, I'm trying to prove myself as some sort of parent that I know people expect from me. Um, And I remember approaching Patrick and just being like, Pat, I don't think we should spank anymore. (laughs) And he was like, you've lost your mind. (laughs) Like, What are you talking about? And I was like, I'm just, the more I go along, I'm realizing like, this isn't the type of parent I need to be. Is this actually biblical? Like, let's, figure this out because I don't really know if I even believe it's biblical from what I've looked at. And just, we started having that conversation. And at first he was like, you're crazy. That's, we're not doing like, that's how, how did we do that? He, in the South, it's just so praised. Spanking is like the symbol of great parenting. And so that was almost unheard of for us. And, um, he uh, thankfully God actually gave him a dream. And in the dream, It was something along the lines of God asking him, like, are you parenting your kids the way that I parent you? And he woke up that morning and he was like, the love that Jesus has for me and the way God treats me when I mess up and the way like his grace and his mercy and his love for me looks nothing like the way we parent our kids. And so I get chills saying it because I'm just like, it's so true. We weren't looking like Jesus in our own home to our parents where we're like, also trying to talk to them about Jesus so constantly and like be the, you know, that's our, that was our heart the whole time, even though it was like all this default stuff was coming out. And so, um, that's when we started to make our shift and we had a lot of just, um, 
friction with family and people who thought that was horrible. And, but we realized that everything we were doing was so short term minded. We were spanking our kids because we wanted them to in that moment, be obedient. Everything was about the short term right now. I need you to do this right now. I need you to act like this right now when we're able to step back and look at it and say, okay, do I want to be hitting my kids all the time for short term? Like, goodness feels good in the short term where in the long term we might be causing strain in our relationship and when they grow up they're not going to want anything to do with me or because they look back on their childhood and they're like I need therapy because I was always yelled at and hit and belittled and all this stuff and it just made me realize if we can take our our parenting mindset off of the short term and look at it as from a full picture and a long term and realize that only 18 years of your parenting journey with your kids are they children the next, hopefully 40 to 50 to 60 years that you get to have with them, they're not children anymore. And those years are so important to me that how I handle right now, I want to be instilling things in them that matter for the long term, that not just that make me happy or make my life a little bit easier in the short term, um, because that's what it is. A lot of the times the short term makes it makes it easier right now. If I can just spank you and get you to stop doing what you're doing, that makes it a little bit easier for me in this moment. And if I have to stop and think about the long term, it is absolutely harder. I mean, we discovered that when we made that shift, doing it, doing things, what we call intentional parenting, or what's our label that we put on it, um, definitely is the harder version. But we have already seen so much fruit of it in our oldest and just to see them be able to communicate what they feel and sh- like just really be able to talk through things that I feel like there's so many adults these days that can't even say, hey, like my oldest will come to me and say, Hey mom, I was actually being mean earlier because I was really hungry. And I'm sorry that I did that. Like, just like fully able to grasp these things that are hard to even put those pieces together as an adult. So it's just been really awesome to see the fruit of it already. And yeah, even though we faced a lot of, a lot of friction, a lot of strife in that we just knew God was leading us to parent our kids this way. And we're like, look, we don't care if anyone else has a problem with it because we're responsible for our own children and for what the Holy spirit is calling us to do with our kids. And we don't care if anyone else has a problem with that. Girl, kudos to you for (laughs) number one, recognizing it, calling it out. What Mm -hmm. a beautiful illustration of you, your daughter and your grandmother, you know, generational curses broken. Yes. Yes. I mean, that brings tears to my eyes, girl. I mean, so, and and I get that, you know, the spanking thing is very, very real. And it, you know, it's not, I've never laid my hands on my kids ever. And people look at me and I think I'm crazy. I wish I could say the same. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying that in the early years when my son <laughs> had colic, that I wasn't like screaming in pillows or anything like that. Oh, but like, right, that's hard. They understand my, my kids, it is more I guess it means more to them or it, for me to feel disappointed in a behavior that they've done. Um, it hurts them more than me spanking them. You know, yeah. me, you know, me spanking someone for, you know, two, two wrongs don't make a right. Right. Like, right. so, so for them, if they've done something wrong and I, can look at them in the eyes and we can discuss the situation and walk through that in a way where there's understanding, then I get far 
more, I get further than, you know, than just hitting them, you know? So, And even there was one night I remember so vividly because my daughter was so hard to put to sleep when she was younger. Um, she's even to this day, she's just the kid that isn't ready to fall asleep until nine or nine or 10. Well, back then we're trying to put her to sleep at seven and it was always a nightmare. And now I can look back and say, what was wrong with just giving her quiet time until a certain time and then letting her go to bed later? There was nothing. We homeschool. We like, it's not like she needed to be up by six. And so you have to go to bed or anything like that. It's just that whole mindset of like, I'm the boss, I'm in charge and you need to know that. And I'm going to put my foot down over something that, why am I putting my foot down? It was one of those nights where I'm trying to get her to sleep. It's not working at all. So then I'm being a monster. I'm like, I'm going to leave you in here by yourself. Cause we lay with our kids every night till they fall asleep. We always have. Um, and so I'm just being a complete monster. Like you're, I'm going to leave you in here by the dark, in the dark by yourself. I leave her. She's sobbing. I go back in and I'm like, fine. If you want me in here, then you better lay down. She won't lay down. I spank her. I leave again. I come back. I spank her again. Like, and I remember it was just this whole back and forth nightmare of a night. And I went into the kitchen and just fell to the ground and cried my eyes out because I'm like, I don't know how to be a mom. I don't know what I'm doing. This is nothing is working. Like at that time in my life, I didn't understand how anything else would have worked in that moment. And it's so funny to look back at that now and be like, there are so many other tools I could have had in my tool belt that I didn't have. No one ever taught me any other tools besides spanking and yelling really and so, or timeout. And those weren't working. And I felt helpless. I felt hopeless. I was like, I don't know what the heck to do. I don't even remember how we got her to sleep that night. <laughs> I'm sure eventually she was exhausted, but it's just so crazy to look back at that now and be like, wow, being equipped mm-hmm. with parenting tools is a whole different ball game than just working out of default. Yes. I love how you put that working out of default because I feel like a lot of the times we're just, we're trying to manage our own exhaustion We're trying, <laughs> and we're not rational. So. Yeah. No. And, and, the, and then most of us were never taught how to even confront our own feelings, our own emotions right. about things. And so we're not even handling ourselves. Right. Right. So it's not handle our kids. Right. And it's this whole vicious cycle that like, I'm just so thankful that we were able to break out of at one point, regardless of everything we faced for it and all the comments we got. And I mean, we were even told one time, like our parenting was so disgusting that they can't stand to watch it because I wouldn't spank my daughter when she was upset over something about the TV. Like just so we faced so much. Right. Oh (laughs) my goodness. Wow. Well, Well, I love that God showed up in, in Patrick's dream. And yes, just revealed so that to you. Yeah. So mm-hmm. no spanking. So can you share your discipline approach? What 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 is it that you do? Oh, absolutely. And that's what I find really funny too is so many people think the word discipline and the word spank are the same word, and they will fight me on that. I mean, they will argue with me that discipline means spank, and I'm like, it does not. It does not. I mean, now that we're in a place where we, so it's. Now that we step back and can look at everything from a bigger picture, instead of from an in a moment picture, discipline for us looks more like confronting what's really going on, like digging up. Okay. So 
And even though a lot of people might be like, that doesn't even sound like discipline. Well, first of all, these are the first steps. If my kid is melting down, freaking out over something tiny, and I can step back and say, oh my gosh, you're starving and it's nap time. Then I don't need to punish him for the fact that I forgot to feed you lunch yet. Or things like that, where it's like, oh, we can solve this problem. It actually didn't need a punishment. It actually needed acknowledgement. Yes. Ooh, girl. (laughs) Don't need punishment. It just needs, yes. So often it just needs acknowledgement of what is actually the problem. Because half the time the kid's emotions and the kid's feeling about it isn't the actual problem. There's something under the surface. And so, yes, we do still have discipline here. Yes, there are still moments where my kids hit each other. And I'm not just going to be like, oh, somebody needs a hug. You know, we are going to sit there. We're going to talk it out. We're going to, we're going to, I'm not going to force you to apologize, but we have instilled in them that apologies are important and that when we hurt someone, we need to apologize. And so I don't have to force them to apologize anymore. And so there is a lot of discussion, a lot of let's figure this out. It's almost more of discipline looks a lot more like guidance these days than it did like punishment than it did like go sit alone and think about what you've done instead of go sit by yourself and think about what you've done as their punishment it's sit with me right here and let's talk about what you did and why you did it in a guidance form of discipline instead of a punishment-minded discipline so good girl and i can see how they can carry that on into adulthood right like like you said the long term yeah. i know when my 13 year old girl is acting irrational it's because she's tired she's tired right. she's exhausted right. um you know i know so in that moment i need to keep my mouth shut <laughs> there are, and that's another thing a lot of times we or at least in my experience growing up it was never anything from the parent it was never the parent's fault the parent never did anything wrong it was always it was always the kid which i think is a normal a very huge parenting mindset it's like the kid was wrong the kid is acting out the kid needs to be punished we've got to show him who's the boss this whole mindset of like yeah the other day i had to apologize to my son because he we're going to disney i got them you know handmade outfits that we're wearing and he threw his shirt to put it in the box and it knocked a cup of orange juice down onto his brand new shirt i was so mad that I'm like, oh my gosh, like, why can't you just put it in the box? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I just was like so upset about it. And I, he obviously got is like, now I made it about him. Right. So I put it into his head that something is wrong with you. Not that I even said that. Sometimes we don't have to say exactly words Amen. to put it into their head. But Amen. I promise you that the way I acted convinced mm-hmm. him that what is wrong with you, even though I never said the words, what is wrong with you? Right. And so- I had to go confront that and I had to sit him down and I had to say, I need you to know that accidents happen. And this was 100% me. You didn't do anything wrong. Everyone is allowed to have accidents and tossing a shirt into a box. I do that all the time. Right. Oh, that's not, you didn't do anything wrong. I got irrationally mad about that and it had nothing to do with you. And I think a lot of times, even if we get to the point where like, as a parent, it's like, oh, I I apologize. I'll apologize. Hey, sorry, but you shouldn't have done that, but you shouldn't have blah, blah, blah. When, okay, I'm glad we're starting to apologize, but let's take it a step further and realize that because I easily could have said, I'm sorry, but you need to not throw stuff into the box. Right. That's not what needed to be addressed. So what needed to be addressed was that that was me. Mm -hmm. I was rational for no reason. Right. It's not hard to get orange juice off a shirt. And I am sorry that I made you feel any type of way about that because you're allowed to do things on accident. Right. 
That's so beautiful though. There's so much growth in that for, you know, for both the parents and the child to see, wait, you know, my mom, she can own her mistakes. And I just think about future relationships with your son, you know, that he will always remember that, you know. Yes. And I think so much of how we treat them now is set, is to set up Mm -hmm. for when they're teenagers. I don't have a teenager yet. But my prayer is that all the work, all the hard things I'm doing now that take longer, that take more time, that are so much harder are going to be so worth it when they're teenagers and they'll still come to me. They'll still talk. They'll still those type of things. Like that's what long-term minded parenting is. I'm already thinking about them as teenagers, them as young adults, them as parents, because I've seen it with my brothers. Um, We've had some family issues that I'm really thankful for because it made me say, whoa, I don't want my sons to ever look back at their childhood and feel that way right. and cut me out and be done with me and things like that. Yeah. Or be confronted as an adult and not be willing to say my part in it or to say, right. wow, I never realized that I made you feel that way. And I am so sorry. And just immediately be like, well, I was exhausted and I was doing my best. And blah, blah, blah. Like I always want to right now prepare myself. I'm already preparing myself for my adult children mm-hmm. to have with the things that I did and need to confront them (laughs) because I want to stay at a place where I'm willing to say I am so sorry I didn't see it from that perspective and I hate that I wasn't able to change that or things like that because I think that's really important into adulthood with your kids yeah and you can definitely see the Jesus in that right absolutely the unconditional love and respect, even for a small child, just because we're adults doesn't mean that we need to be yes. respectful or dishonoring, you know, or treat them like less of a human than, cause that's the huge thing I always say about spanking. I'm like every other relationship in any, any adult to adult relationship ever, like friend to friend, adult kid to grandma, husband to wife, any version of hitting is toxic. It's get away from that person, get out of that relationship, cut that off. Like that is not good. The only time it is seen as a good thing is parent to child. And I'm like, that's such an interesting, Mm. just normalcy that we have (laughs) these days. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, girl, you are a wealth of knowledge. I'll tell you that right now. So (laughs) Your girl, Allie, has an e-course online where parents can go and get this step-by-step modules. Can you tell us where they can find that, Allie? Yes, um, it's at allieandpat.com. You can find our intentional parenting course where when we started that shift that I shared about, we didn't feel like we really had any guidance. We were just kind of doing our best, making that shift, hoping for the best, digging up resources, you know. Um, We had like a very small group of friends that kind of were into that type of parenting that were like trying to watch from and learn from. And it was hard not having um, anyone like helping you walk through it. And so that's what we felt like God was leading us to make this course, um, which we felt very much like imposter syndrome and like, whoa, you don't, your kid is like how old and you're making a parenting course (laughs) type thing. But we were like, what the heck? If, you know, if one person, which we've had people, we've had a friend of ours take it and just come to us in tears and be like, I am so, this is changing our life. This is absolutely incredible. And so that one person was even just enough for me um, to be like, this was worth it. And so, yeah, um, we, it's allieandpat.com is where you can find our intentional parenting course, where we walk you through 
how we got out of default parenting, things that we've changed, the tools that we do have in our tool belt now that we use for discipline. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing to help you walk through making that shift if you're like us. And I do wish I would have had this information before I had kids, because I do think making the shift is a lot harder than if we would have just started that way. Um, so if you don't have kids yet, don't feel like this is only for people who are shifting their parenting. It's definitely good to have it before you ever have a kid because yeah. I truly really wish we would have. Wow. And girl, I love, I love how you said the one doing it for the one and feeling that imposter syndrome and doing it anyway. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I can't help but think that you've changed so many parents and, you know, the trajectory of the lives of these children too, because of your obedience and that. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah. So girl. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I know you are a busy mama. Um, do you have any other words of wisdom before we head into some rapid fire questions? Um, I don't moms, you've got this. That's it. That's all I've got. You can do hard things. (laughs) All right, sister. Okay. So can you tell me your favorite book of the Bible? I am going to say, Colossians, because it feels like my current favorite. <laughs> nice. nice. Colossians. Yeah. You know, it changes. It changes with the, oh, the stages of life. So what is your current, then I'll say current favorite worship song. Cause that changes too. Oh, current favorite worship song. Um, I would probably would have to say, um, oh my gosh, that's such a hard one. Cause I'm such a music person. <laughs> Um, but a song that I always go back to in like spontaneous worship is you are worthy of it all. Mm-hmm. So that one's probably my favorite in my spirit. Cause I always end up going back to that. Song. I love spontaneous worship. It's the best. <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, okay. All right. A recent book that you've read and you enjoy. Oh my gosh. The body keeps the score. The body the keeps body. the score. Yes. It's about your body holding on to trauma and it's such a very good book. (laughs) I'm not done with it, but it, what I've read so far, I'm just like, wow. Wow. That sounds amazing. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Another one that I'm actually not reading, but I know it's going to be a good book is eight great smarts for it's a talks about the different types of smarts that people can be. And oh, cool. as a homeschooling mom, it just really Mm -hmm. I'm planning to read it so that I can figure out what type of smart my kids are. Um, yeah. So. Ooh, so helpful. That's that one's helpful. really good. <laughs> haven't, I'm ordering it soon, but I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, I had to move from Amazon to thrift books because I buy so many books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you just never know what kind of notes and highlights you're going to get in the thrift books. Like, you oh, know, that's true. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, girly. I want to thank you again for your time. Would you mind praying for the Kingdom Mama listeners? Oh, absolutely. God, I just thank you so much for this day and for this these women listening to this podcast that no matter where they are in life, no matter where they are in their parenting journey, God, that you were able to speak to their heart, God, and that you would just um 
penetrate any lies that they are hearing from the enemy on their motherhood journey and their parenting journey. God, I just pray for them and their spouse. If they have a spouse with them on this journey, God, I just pray that they would be on the same team always, Father, that you would give them or their spouse dreams just like you did for me, God, because if you did it before, you can do it again. And I know that your heart is for us to be on the same page with our spouse so that as we walk through this parenting journey, there is no confusion to our kids, God. And I thank you for every single woman listening right now, God, that you would just help her feel equipped and empowered in this journey, God. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen, girl. Woo! Bring in the fire. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you so much for your time. I no appreciate problem. all your, you know, girl, for a, a young mom to have the wisdom that you do, how blessed are your children and how blessed are the people that you are reaching, you know, through this e-course. And I'm just super grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I loved being here. All right. Until next time, Kingdom Mamas, have a great week. Hey, Mama, before you go, will you do me a favor? If you found this podcast encouraging and valuable, would you please head over to iTunes, leave a review, and subscribe to the show. Also, I'd love to connect with you. I can be found on social at Trudy underscore Lineski. Until next time, sweet girl, stand confidently in your calling. You are the mom for the job.